Hear these words from Luke chapter 2, verses 16 through 20. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as it had been told to them. God, we thank you for this story. We thank you for the many times that some of us have heard this story and that the truth of it keeps getting refreshed over and over in our hearts and in our lives. And as we gather once again to celebrate your coming, your taking on flesh, your living in our midst, I pray that this story would again fill us with hope, fill us with good news, strike us in a, in a new way this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let me ask you a question, and you can just kind of shout out your answers here, okay? What symbols remind you of Christmas? Star. Manger. Angels, what? Wreath. All right. Trees. Lights. Fruitcake. Thank you. I, you know, it, look, I know I'm the pastor. I know it's a Christmas Eve service, but like, I mean, come on. What, uh, what other symbols do you look at and you're like, Christmas, Christmas? Uh, poinsettias, all right. Presents. Decorations. What'd you say? Candy canes? Yeah. All right. Cookies. All right. Yeah, I don't, you know, all kinds of Christmas symbols, um, uh, you know, maybe some of them very religious, very pious. Thank you for those. And, you know, others are, you know, not. Uh, Fruitcake, I don't know where that falls. Maybe you, <laughs> Christmas Day communion with fruitcake, I don't know. Different signs, um, and there's different miraculous events, and we read some of those this evening. Of course, there's others that are part of this story in, in um, other gospel uh, accounts. Angels that bring news to Mary, angels' messages or dreams that Joseph has to take Mary as his wife, the star of Bethlehem leading the Magi, the angelic choir announcing the birth of Jesus to shepherds. This story is filled with all kinds of symbols and signs and, and, and miraculous things happening. This evening... I want to talk about one of the signs that was in our scriptures this evening. The one that says, this is a sign. This will be a sign for you, the angel says. 
You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. This is the description that the angels give to the shepherds. Here's how you know you're going to find the right child. You're going to go off to Bethlehem. You're going to go to the city of David. (coughs) Excuse me. You're going to find a child wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. I don't know how many children were born in Bethlehem that night. But in case there's multiple children born in Bethlehem that night, it's going to be the one wrapped in cloth and the one lying in a manger. I've understood this description to be identifiers for the shepherds to know that they found the right child. But sign, when the angel says, this will be a sign to you, that sounds so much bigger than just a description of making sure that shepherds find the right child. It sounds much bigger than simply providing GPS directions to the shepherds so that they get to the right home, the right stable, the right barn, whatever that looked like in, in, in their world, um, making, making sure they get to the right place What if something more is happening in this simple description of the baby born in Bethlehem? Maybe something more is happening. The announcement comes from angels to shepherds. These are, shepherds are usually the last people to receive any kind of royal birth announcement. I mean, these are people that are going to be out in the wilderness, out uh, taking care of sheep, Like, they can't pull out their cell phones and get, like, the notification of a news update. These people are going to be out for months and months and then finally come to town. And then maybe they'll finally hear the news of a royal birth if somebody dares to come and talk to one of those shepherds. Because they kind of stink, they're smelly, they're a little strange because they've been out in the wilderness for so long. And I imagine, you know, these shepherds, their reputation is not going to be great because they're going to be coming around sharing this story about angels out singing in the wilderness. Besides, uh, no smartphone notification would announce the birth of this king anyway. The angel tells them, born this day in the city of David. Fulfillment of of the prophet's words of the Old Testament, that a Messiah would come from the city of David, uh, seems when when Herod uh, receives the Magi later in the story, he wants to know where's the child to be born. Seems like there's kind of this general understanding among the scribes that this child is supposed to be born in the city of David. Not just born in the city of David, though. He comes from the line of David. After all, Joseph is forced to go to Bethlehem, not because he's in search of greater opportunities, not because he needs a job, not because he wants to go back home. He's forced to go to Bethlehem because of a Roman decree. Rome, the empire, wants their money. They want to tax the world. And so they're forcing everyone to go back to their ancestral home. And so Jesus isn't just born in the city of David. This is highlighting that he is in that line, that royal line of David. And so the angel announces this is the Messiah the Lord. Some translations say the Christ, the Lord. 
We talked over uh, our Advent season here at Spring Creek about some of the expectations of the Messiah's coming, how they expected a revolutionary. Some expected a powerful figure to, to come and to drive out whatever empire was, was over top of uh, the Jewish people at the time. Right now it's Rome. In the past, it's been the Greeks, and, and before that, the, the Babylonians and the Persians and the Egyptians. And their ex- expectation was that the Messiah would come and forcefully drive out the empire. Those expectations often center um, <clears throat> with one of the, the different groups, the, the, the different groups of Jewish people that were around at those times, Pharisees or, or zealots <clears throat> or some other politically or religious invested group hoped the Messiah would be their kind of Messiah. And so there were all kinds of expectations about who the Messiah would be and how the Messiah would come. But I wonder what kind of expectations the shepherds had. I imagine their bar was fairly low. A Messiah that would come and, and improve their lives, a Messiah that would come and, and you know, maybe care something about them. These probably, these shepherds probably aren't the violent revolutionaries of the zealots. They're certainly not the religiously pious and motivated Pharisees. They aren't the, the wealth and power motivated Sadducees. I would suspect that shepherds just want a Messiah who will simply make their lives a little bit better. And I want to imagine that they're open to possibilities of what this Messiah might look like. They seem open to possibilities after the angel comes and they want to go and see, check out the story for themselves. After this night, these shepherds would be pretty open to the unimaginable taking shape. And then the angel says this, this will be a sign to you. You will find the child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Here's the sign or the symbol. And so let's pay attention to this part. I wonder how this was different from how other babies were wrapped. This translation, the NRSV says bands of cloth. Some translations are more or less descriptive of the cloth, but... But imagine it's, you know, it's just a, a piece of cloth that this child is, is taken and, and wrapped up in so that there's something covering this newborn child. You'll find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. That word manger, you know, I, I, I think we've really uh, hallmarkized the nativity. We want it to look nice for a card so we can sell lots of cards. And look, we sent out cards too. Thank you for the cards that we received. I'm not against Christmas cards. <clears throat> but you know, there's a, there's a, it's kind of a cleaned up version from what would have happened. The real scene wouldn't sell cards. Some of you may have grown up around real mangers. But for me, 
A manger was like the, th- the, the little crib that we pulled out once a year that we laid the little plastic baby doll in and surrounded with children in bathrobes for a Christmas pageant. That was my entire understanding of what a manger was. And so I really didn't get it. What manger? It's just like an ancient crib, right? And then I started hanging around farms and finding out what a manger or a, a food trough was. And they're not pretty things, right? They're not sanitary. They are not clean. I, we have, I don't have a lot of livestock at home, but I have chickens. <laughs> and, and I brought in one of my feed pans. Uh, this is actually used upside down most of the time to cover their feed so it doesn't get drenched. But it's, I, I brushed it out a little bit. But it's pretty dirty. Some animals don't care, you know, if they ate there, they're going to, you know, do their other stuff there. If you've ever been around a lot of livestock, you know, it could be filled with spit and dirt and mud and all kinds of different things. This could be, I, you know, I guess in a pinch that could be used for a bassinet or, you know, I wouldn't want to lay my infant child in this. This is where Jesus is laid. This will be a sign to you. Maybe not just an identifier for the shepherds so that they make sure that they get to the right place. Maybe this is more about introducing the pattern of Jesus. A birth announcement to shepherds removed from the center of power, removed from the empire, removed even from the religious temple, the religious establishment, People who would otherwise be the last to hear the news are first to hear the news. The God of the universe, the Messiah, Christ the Lord, is laid in a feed pan and wrapped in cloth. This will be a sign. This is the introduction of a pattern of what Jesus is going to do. Jesus is not born in the palace of the mighty. Jesus is not born in the temple of the religiously pious. He's born as a refugee displaced by the powers of empire. His birth announcement to shepherds, the last ones to hear, wrapped in cloth, lying in the feed pan, the beginnings of a pattern that will run throughout Jesus' ministry and throughout his life, throughout his his good news to the lost, to the least, and to the disenfranchised. You know, eventually Jesus would begin his public ministry. And who does he go and invite and say, come, follow me, you make disciples, you fish for men. He's calling uneducated fishermen. He's calling rebels and tax collectors. He's calling folks that, the empire, that are empire haters and 
folks that are empire sympathizers alike. He's calling sinners and unclean to come and follow me. Come and see. He's calling the zealous. He's calling the doubters. He's calling the deniers. He's even calling traitors. Come, follow me. He will bless the poor and critique the rich and powerful. He will refuse to use the methods of empire. This is a child who was born and laid in a feed pan and wrapped in strips of cloth. And this pattern is going to continue. And near the end of his ministry, in one of the most, I think, provocative acts, he will take up cloth and this, gets replaced with this. He'll pull out a basin and a towel and he will stoop down, taking on the position of a servant and washing his disciples' feet. Because this is a king who was born in a barn, laid in a feed trough and wrapped in cloth. This will be a sign to you, not just how to find the baby born in Bethlehem. This will be a sign to you and to you and to you. Here is the pattern of the Messiah. Not the standard actions of a king, of the Messiah and the Lord. But signs of a king that was once wrapped in a cloth, lying in a manger. Whose first visitors to come are shepherds. This will be a sign to you. So this evening, are you among the poor and the outcast? Maybe life has fallen apart. Maybe life hasn't met your expectations Maybe purpose seems lost. Maybe you feel a little bit like the shepherds, removed, out on your own, out in the wilderness, seeming like you're just doing nothing important even. And the angel comes and announces, do not fear. I bring you good news of great joy. In the town of David, a Savior was born. Christ, Messiah, the Lord, in the upside-down pattern of the kingdom of God, wrapped in cloth and lying in an animal feeder. And Jesus comes with a towel and a basin to announce that you are loved and you are cared for, and you are precious, and you are a child of God. Or are you among the wealthy and the powerful this evening? Truth is that that many of us are, whether we would admit it or not. Are you among the religiously pious? And I can say this, I was, you know, born and raised in the church. I am a a pastor, son of a, a pastor. So let me at least share my own experience. 
relatively privileged. I've never missed a Christmas Eve service. So let me talk about my own experience. To folks like me, Jesus also comes and offers forgiveness, extends new life, and introduces new kingdom possibilities. Turns things upside down. He calls people like me to pick up the towel and to pick up the basin and to wash the feet of brothers and sisters. This will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This will be a sign to you. The rabbi, the king, is going to choose those who are outcasts, those who others don't want, those who are uneducated and not fit to follow a rabbi. This will bring to you. The Savior will pick up a basin and a towel and wash feet. This will be a sign to you. The king of the universe will defeat sin and death by dying on a cross and being raised to new life. This will be a sign to you. What signs are you looking for this evening? What symbols are you looking for at Christmas? I enjoy all of the symbols you, you, you brought up. But this Christmas, this is the symbol that is connecting with my heart and I hope is connecting to your heart. This will be the sign to you. The light comes and shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome or understood it. So one of my favorite signs, traditions, things uh, that we incorporate into our Christmas Eve service is a candlelight service. In a moment, we're going to uh, dim the lights and we're going to be singing through uh, a series of Christmas carols and we'll be lighting our lights. It's beautiful. I love the symbols. I love the signs. It's not just a, a beautiful picture in here. It is really a symbol of what God is doing in the world, shining His light into the broken, dark world around us. So I'm going to invite you uh, to rise and body your spirit. Just a, a, a word of instruction as we light these candles. If you have the unlit candle, it helps if you can tilt your candle uh, so the other person doesn't have to drip wax all over the place uh, and you know burn each other. Um, so that's how we'll, we'll light these candles. Um, I'll 
light a couple of uh, candles up here, and then we'll pass that back through. When we're done singing, just let those candles lit. We're going to have a, a word of prayer and our, our benediction uh, before we extinguish our, our flames this evening. Would you stand and would you sing with us?
Jesus, we are so grateful that you came in the pattern that you did, in the way that you did. Help us not to take for granted this sign, this symbol. We thank you that you have come to be Emmanuel, God with us. The child is born. Hallelujah. Our God has come among us. Let the whole earth rejoice. Let us leave the manger and return to our daily routines, knowing that we have seen the Lord and glorifying and praising God for all that we have heard and seen. Hallelujah. Our God is now here. Go forth with full confidence and joy that you have seen the Messiah. Hallelujah. Our God is now here. Go forth to spread the good news wherever you go, sharing God's love and promise with all whom you meet. Go into the world to find the lost, heal the broken, feed the hungry, release the prisoner, rebuild the nations, Bring peace among people and make music in every heart. Hallelujah. Our God is now here. In the name of our God, Creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit, we cry out with the angels in the heavens and the shepherds in the fields. Hallelujah. Our God is now here. Amen. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you, Spring Creek. Go in peace.